Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? This is Raheem with a... <clears throat> new show for you and uh, today's show is about self-mastery and uh, self-mastery is about mastering who you are Uh, and I'm going to kind of shift things just a little bit because I'm going to talk about self-mastery as it relates to education uh, before I get into the show, first of all, let me just say thank you for showing up. I appreciate you listening uh, or watching my vlog or listening to my podcast. Please uh, take time out to hit that like, share, and subscribe button. When you hit those buttons, it allows me to get feedback and to hear and see uh, what you're interested in and gives me ideas for future shows. So also please uh, leave feedback, leave your comments. I greatly appreciate it. Believe it or not, I read all of the comments and I always respond. Okay, Uh, so let's get into it. Today's show, once again, is self-mastery and I am gearing today's show to educators. Uh, So in education, Right. Let's first take a look at what it means to be an educator. To be an educator means to help draw out what someone else is trying to uh, to to uh, to grow at. In other words, you are a teacher and you have students and you work with your students and the whole point of working with your students is to help them become better, to do life a little bit easier, to grow in such a way where life becomes purposeful, where life becomes meaningful, where uh, your students become the kind of people who contribute to this thing that we call life, this plane that we live on. And uh, I wanna talk a little bit about public education in regards to teachers. The reason why I want to talk about that is because public education today is, uh, in a lot of ways, almost hitting a wall because of the way that we educate our young. And uh, I want to talk about it from a solution standpoint. So. Uh, Just kind of bear with me a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges, but I'm really not focused on the challenges so much of my so much as I am focused on what we can do about those challenges. I like to keep it positive in that way, realistic, but unrealistic in the sense that what needs to be done is something that may not exist as of yet. Okay, so. In public education, we deal with 
a lot of students who come from all walks of life and have many challenges. And sometimes as an educator, you kind of feel like maybe your students don't want their education. They come in and misbehave. Some students uh, have attitudes, all of these things, but yet and still they show up because uh, I like to think that deep down inside, students and their parents understand that there's got to be a better way. And that better way is education. And uh, believe it or not, educators who are listening, it is education. Uh, part of the reason why we as educators struggle, if we're honest, is because we sometimes have a sense of entitlement. In other words, uh, we assume that students are supposed to learn from us just because we're teachers. And uh, therein lies the greatest problem with being an educator, not talking about content, not talking about uh, anything else, just talking about the ability to educate someone else. In order for us to do that successfully, we have to lose our sense of entitlement. That sense of entitlement that comes from going to school, being educated, that sense of entitlement that comes from passing exams, that sense of entitlement that comes from having uh, some success in the past, all of those things that kind of create this air of, I know something that my students don't know. And uh, entitlement creates so many issues for us because it assumes that the student is just going to learn just because we are, we have this title as educator or teacher. When uh, the truth is that education is not about what you have accomplished so much as it is about what you can help someone else accomplish. And in many cases, to help someone else accomplish something, you have to meet them where they're at. You have to, and in order to do that, you have to understand where they are. But it's very difficult to understand that where someone is if you don't successfully get to know them and get permission to help them. You know, there's nothing more uh, stressful than trying to help someone who has not given you permission to help. It's like uh, what they teach, I think, in uh, swimming for lifeguards. If you see someone drowning in the ocean, you have to wait until they stop fighting and then attempt to rescue them because as they're kicking and moving their arms and everything, uh, they could accidentally hit you and hurt you. So it's almost in a sense where you have to wait until the person has given you permission and then, but you have to be there in order to do it. You know, like you don't wait at the shore until the person stops. You swim up close to the person and you try to get an understanding of what's going on and then you look for an opportunity, but you can't force it. If you force yourself to save someone who is drowning, is kicking, hitting, uh, swinging their arms around, it could be, you could end up drowning like them if they knock you out and that's it. So in education, you have to think about it kind of the same way. Uh, instead of taking on a sense of, I know more than my students, so they 
are supposed to follow me. You want to switch that mindset. How about a mindset of, well, why should this student listen to me? What is it? What am I doing to influence this student to listen to me? Uh, has this student given me permission to teach them? Now, I know that that right there, that's all, man, probably get a lot of comments behind that one. But it is nonetheless, it is the truth. We are not we are no longer living in the day and age where uh, you can teach by authority, meaning you can tell a student what to do and they automatically do it. That's not it's, students. Kids are not wired that way anymore. Neither are adults. If we're honest, most of us are wired in a sense of. You have to show me why I should listen to you and then I will listen to you. You have to show me why I will learn from you and then I will learn from you or even better. Right. How about showing your students that you are learning from them first? Let them teach you something and then it becomes a fair exchange. I taught you something. Now allow me to teach you something. Now you're building a bridge with your students and it's mutual. It's not uh, uh, where you are the holder of information. Respect is a duality kind of thing. It's, it goes back and forth. It's reciprocal. It's you respect the student. The student respects you. But in leadership, as an educator, you have to lead that process, meaning you have to do it first, which many people kind of overlook when it comes down to leadership. We know well, many of us understand that leadership at its essence is about influence, but we forget that leadership also at its essence is about going first. So as a teacher, if you apply leadership to what you do, then you understand that in order to get your students to do what you are asking, asking them to do, you may have to do it first. You have to lead that process. You have to show them how it's done. If you want them to respond when it's difficult, you have to show them how to respond when it's difficult for you. You have to own that. You have to be able to say to them, this is a difficult, trying to educate you all is very difficult for me because I don't know quite what connects with you. So I need your help. We're going to talk. I want to see if I can figure out what connects with you. And then I'm going to try to uh, make the lesson uh, create a lesson that allows for an experience that will help you not just uh, give you information. Okay. So just think, right. As an educator, you're going to be, you interact with so many different people. And uh, these are young people that may seem and may appear like they know everything, but you have to be wise enough to understand that there's a lot that your students don't know and that because they don't know, it becomes your responsibility to look out for them when they can't look out for themselves. But often what we see here, once again, is when you have a sense of entitlement. In other words, when your approach is, I know more than you, I know better than you, you have to do what I say regardless and you don't know anything 
when you have a lack of empathy and a lack of respect for what your students have already accomplished, it makes it very difficult because humans aren't wired that way. We just don't, we don't listen to people who we uh, deem as arrogant. And as educators, we have to be very careful with that. It may not seem like arrogance when we're working with students and presenting ourselves in such a way like we know more than them, but arrogance is a turnoff. Nobody wants to listen after that. Even young people can tell when there's a, a, a tinge of arrogance in the conversation. It needs to be totally, totally respect, totally respectful where you are showing this student how to respect someone, even if you have more. In the same way that someone who has a lot of money doesn't is not more human than a person who has no money. When it comes down to the level of humanity, we are all it's a level playing field. We all have the same uh, opportunities. But sometimes when people accumulate things, when teachers accumulate knowledge, accumulate education, accumulate status and uh, certificates and honors, we place ourselves in a situation where uh, the people that we talk to, we talk down to them as opposed to uh, uh, making them aware that our achievements don't make us any more human than they are. Doesn't not necessarily more human, but doesn't give us any more rights than anybody else. Now, internally, you may be thinking, "Yes, I know more than this person," but the the humbleness, the humanity, the humility of the situation is is that if you use what you have obtained or achieved to subjugate someone else or put someone in a, uh, a lower position than you are, then everything that you achieve won't work for you because the only person that it'll work for is you when you're doing it for yourself, but it won't do anything for the person that you're trying to educate. In other words, that student, the one that you're trying to teach, because remember, this is just a bottom line. Uh, you know, I like to re refer to things that people don't like to, to, uh, to admit. And the truth is that every single person on the face of this planet believes that they are special. Even a newborn baby believes that they are special. If you don't believe that, then you haven't seen a, a kid who gets spoiled. Spoiled kids, if you really think about it, they're acting that way because they believe that they're special enough that they deserve better. Now, their interpretation may be a little bit confusing and warped. Uh, but nonetheless, every single one of us believes that we're special. We never look at other people, not really, and think that this person is more deserving of respect than us. That may be an initial thought with some situations. You know, you meet the president or something like that, and you automatically think this person is more qualified. But the truth is, you don't really believe that. Because when it comes down to it, you believe that you deserve just as much respect as anybody else. So uh, anyhow, uh, for education, I'm going to give you three quick things. I've already given you one, which is lose your sense of entitlement. I'm going to give you two more things that will help you if you are in education as far as helping uh, students. So the first, like I said, is lose your sense of entitlement. Understand that uh your accomplishments do not make you better than your students. 
That's number one. Number two is remember that you're that you're there to help your students. That may seem like an obvious thing, but are you behaving as if it's about your students? So, for example, if you're a business owner and you open up a store and you're selling merchandise, merchandise, and you design your store exactly the way you want it to be without taking into consideration your customers, your business may not do well because ultimately the market determines how your, stupid, your, your, uh, your store is going to do. And the market is made up of your customers, your potential customers. If you take that same analogy and apply it to education, if you're a teacher in your classroom, if you don't design your classroom in such a way that creates the kind of experience for your students where they connect well with your information, or if you don't talk to them in such a way where they connect with your information, it's the same as that business owner who is running a business for their own kicks and giggles, for their own uh, 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 to boost themselves up. They're not going to make any business and you as an educator, you're going to suffer too because if you don't think about what resonates with your students first, then you're going to be unsuccessful because the classroom and the lesson that you're designing, it may be good for you, but you're not educating yourself. You're educating your students. So put your students first. You have to think about what resonates with them. And that may be so different from what resonates with you that it may seem foreign. It's like cell phones. It always uh, blows my mind in education how hard we as educators work against technology. We know that every single student nowadays has a cell phone, but we've designed our lessons and experiences to eliminate cell phones which is a huge mistake because it's, 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 it goes against what your students are putting first. Whatever your students put first, if you're a teacher and you want to work easier, you want to work, you want to keep it simple, get in front of what your students put first. Find a way to, to design your lessons so that it involves the students using their cell phones. And you know, if students uh, if they chose, they'd be using their cell phones the entire time. So if you design a lesson where students are using their cell phones the entire time, you might be on to something. Uh, now, uh, I won't talk about the negatives because most people will say, you know, all well, students don't do the right thing with their cell phones and all that kind of stuff. But once again, that goes to the quality of your instruction, the experience that you're creating. Are you creating the kind of experience where the student is uh, intrigued and interested in, your, in, in the content that you're trying to teach? Or are you doing, are you creating a lesson that nobody would be interested in? You have to think about that because to be an educator nowadays means that you're not just sharing content. They can look online and get content anywhere. There's information all over the place, right? You want them to connect with the information in a way that uh, shows a level of learning in your classroom. So you have to think, how can I design this information and make it such that the students want it? So that's number two. Number one is empathy. Number two is put your students first.
Number three in education, if you want to be a solid educator, right, is to completely and devotedly immerse yourself in trying to understand your students, okay? So you have to really completely understand your students, which means you have to constantly be in learning mode. And being in learning mode means every single day you have to notice the variations, what is different. So good stores that you go into, like uh, uh, Costco's or different stores like that, if you notice every so often when you go in there, they, they have completely rearranged the store. And they've rearranged the store because they are constantly responding to what their clients do, their actions. So you have to do the same thing with your classroom. You have to completely redesign. Like if your classroom has been the same, you know, since the first day of school, you have to think, well, you know, how am I encouraging my students to learn something new if they keep coming back to the same old thing, the same familiar thing? And the idea is to understand that, is to understand how the brain works. The brain, it, when we learn things, over a period of time, it works itself into what's called a neural pathway. So every single bit of information that's placed, it lays into this line of information that we understand. And our uh, uh, habitual thoughts become what we do all the time. It becomes our routine. But when you take us and put us into a different environment, it forces us to learn something new because our brain realizes that there's something different going on here. And when there's something different, there's a struggle, there's opportunity to add new stuff in. So uh, in saying that, as you are designing your experiences in your classroom for your students, you want some things to be staples, right? Some are, are your thumbprints. This is the way we always do these things, right? But then you want to create opportunities for newness. In other words, how could you change your room so that your students uh, get out of their comfortability and open up opportunities for something new? So you want to learn, you know, how are they responding to this new environment? Maybe, you know, they sit in rows for a few weeks, then you got them sitting in small groups, then maybe you got it uh, you design your class in a, uh, in a stadium seating kind of situation. Uh, you want to change the way your students interact with the content in your room while at the same time keeping in mind uh, what is important to them. So uh, I'll give you uh, one extra. Uh, as you are designing uh, your room in such a way to get students interested, you want to keep in mind that there are things that the students can do to support that. The first way or the one of the best ways to get your students involved is to get feedback from them and ask them, you know, how might I design this classroom in such a way that might be interested? And maybe you do that with uh, uh, you, you take a survey from some of your students or you just flat out ask them, you talk about it so that they have buy-in in the classroom. 
And then before you know it, your environment is not just something that you've created, it's something that you've created with your students in mind, not uh, uh, throwing away the things that make your classroom uh, what your classroom is, your thumbprint, but at least giving flexibility so that your students are involved in the process, okay? So anyway, once again, this is Raheen, and thank you for uh, listening. Hit that like, share, and subscribe, and if you have any feedback, please go ahead and uh, you know leave some feedback uh, or your thoughts. I'd love to hear it, and until next time, peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.